All right, New Spring, we are wrapping up this four-week series called House to House, and I get the honor of bringing this message today called House of Witness. Uh, First of all, it's a real treat for me uh, to be able to preach today, especially considering we just heard from a missionary family who represents the kingdom in Kenya. That's really special to me because when I was in my early 20s in college, I lived in Kenya as a missionary for a semester. And so much of this sermon and the material I'm bringing today was born out of me living with an African family in their home, in their house, eating meals at their table, praying with them at night before we went to bed, living with them for a semester and seeing their home as the kingdom of God on earth. I'm really thankful we're a part of a church that's connected to ministries and missionaries like that. Wait, this is uh, not only the final week of this series, but it's the last time that we're going to record in this space. Uh, We're going to be moving into the auditorium to record next. I thought a great way for us to celebrate the 12 weeks of doing church this way online uh, while we've been in this crazy season would be for you and I to answer this question right there together in your home. What has God done in your home and in you during this season. Let's take some time to reflect on that. Think about it. What has God done in your home and in you during this season? One of the things that we hope and pray and that we believe that God's doing in our homes is he's changing the way we see church. The church isn't just a gathering on Sunday. The church is also who we are and what takes place in our homes. Remember, it's gatherings and groups. It's the temple courts and it's house to house. And that's something we feel the spirit shifting in our people. So let me say this before I get into the meat of this message. We are learning and we will continue to learn that church is bigger than a Sunday gathering. It's what we do. It's who we are. It's how we live. You know, when I was uh, growing up, I heard phrases that I still repeat to this day. Some of the phrases that we repeat, we don't really think about what they mean. Like, have you ever um, heard the Bible verse, God helps those who help themselves? I have, but that's not a Bible verse. It's nowhere in the Bible, but it's still kind of true to some people, right? Have you ever heard this one? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Well, it might be true. As a matter of fact, I will say it is true. You should be clean, but it's not a Bible verse. One of the phrases I grew up hearing as a Christian has been attributed to St. Francis. I don't know that he ever really said it, but here's how the phrase goes. Preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Now, I understand the sentiment of that phrase, and it's true to some extent, but I think we repeat that phrase oftentimes And we don't really understand what we're saying. To say we should preach the gospel, but only use words when necessary, is kind of like saying we should feed the hungry, but only use food when necessary. So let me talk about how our homes are houses of witness for the gospel today. And let's think about this for a moment. What is a witness? A witness is someone who has seen something or experienced something. If you are called by a court of law to appear before a jury in a trial and give witness, that means they're going to ask you questions about something you've seen or something you've experienced. If you watched a car wreck 
take place or you saw a crime committed or you were a character witness for someone, that means that you have to give testimony. You have to explain what you've seen or what you've experienced. That's why for us, we visibly and verbally bear witness to what we've seen and experienced. We do it visibly, we do it verbally. We live out the gospel as witnesses with the way that we live, the way that we treat people, the the kindness with which we interact with each other, but we also verbalize the gospel with our mouths. Nobody sits around and watches TV on mute unless you're like really different. We wanna hear what we're watching. People need to hear us give a witness to the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ or else they'll just think we're trying to live a good life. So in this series and moving forward into what's next for us as a church, we're gonna say this boldly, we're gonna say this clearly, and I want you to remember this, we're activating our homes to be kingdom outposts. We're activating our homes, the place where you live, to be a kingdom outpost. So in other words, your home is where heaven comes to earth. Your home is a representation of the kingdom of God. Your home should look like heaven. It should be a place where people find peace and joy and refuge. It should be a place where the doors are open and your heart is open for other people. Think of your home as an embassy, okay? A kingdom outpost is where where the kingdom resides. Your home, if you're a Christian, Jesus is in your home. The power of the gospel is there. But think of it as an embassy, I've traveled in a lot of countries, 50 countries now in my life. And a long time ago, I was about to lead a 50-mile backpacking trek in the Himalayas of North India. And one of our team members, the day before we were going to hit the trail with backpacks and medical supplies, he lost his plane tickets, he lost his passport, and he lost his visa. It was a train wreck of a situation. So several of us stayed there in the northern region of India when he and another one of our team members had to travel several days by vehicle, not by plane, because he didn't have a passport, and they went to the American embassy in Delhi, India. The minute they walked through the gates of that embassy, they were on American soil. In that embassy, they could have their needs met. In their embassy, they could find help. American citizens walk into an American embassy. They're on American soil. Your home is an embassy for the gospel. Your home is an outpost of the kingdom. It's where the kingdom values are portrayed. It's where you disciple your children. It's where you break bread and share meals together with people who are like you and nothing like you. It's where you tell stories and share testimony. It's where you can invite people who are outside of the kingdom of God to come and see what the kingdom of God actually looks like. And you don't have to be preachy about it. You can visibly and verbally bear witness. And I want to show you where I am so inspired for this message from the Bible, Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, verses 13 through 15, we see the story of a woman named Lydia. And she is a perfect example of how our homes are houses of witness. So if you'll do this right now, right where you are in your home, We're going to ask you to read this scripture out loud in your home. You can look it up on your phone or your tablet or get a Bible out. And we would love for you to take a moment right now and verbally out loud, read this scripture together.
So in this passage of scripture in the book of Acts, we see 3,000 people being saved early in the book of Acts, one big gathering. And then for the rest of the book of Acts, we see the gospel spreading house to house. We see the kingdom advancing in homes. Lydia comes to faith in Christ right here in Acts chapter 16. And what does she immediately do? Well, she's a God-fearer. She hears the gospel explained to her by the apostles. Paul is there. Lydia, a woman of influence, a woman of means, a woman probably of great wealth, a well-connected woman who knew people and had connections in various places. She was a businesswoman. She was a respected community leader. The minute she comes to faith in Christ, what happens? The Bible says they go into her house. Her entire family is baptized and she serves the apostles. She blesses them. I like to say it this way. God opened her heart and she opened her home. And that's the way it should be. If God has opened your heart to the gospel, then it should be natural for you to open your home to other people who need the gospel, to other people who need hope, to other people who need peace, to other people who need a reason to wake up in the morning. Our homes are kingdom outposts and the doors should be open, but the door of my home can't be open to people if my heart isn't open to people. Starts off with the heart. Lydia's heart is open to the gospel. She believes that Jesus is the Messiah. She repents of her sin. Her family is baptized. And the first thing that she does, she brings him into her home. And here's why. Because the heart and the home are eternally connected. It's irreversible. The heart and the home are eternally connected to each other. It's how God's designed us. It's why in the Bible, when it speaks of our mind, it says that our minds can be renewed, that our minds can be filled, but it says that Jesus lives in our hearts. He dwells in our hearts. He makes his dwelling place our actual heart. So the home that you live in is a reflection of you. It looks like you. It smells like you. It feels like you. It's decorated by you. Your clothes are in your home. Your dishes are on the shelf. You've got your stuff all over the desk. My home looks like me and Shari and Jacob and Joseph. Why? Because our homes are an extension of our hearts. They are eternally connected to each other. An example of this, my wife and I, uh, for about seven years, would spend a, a week every spring living among the, the Navajo at the Navajo Nation of Arizona. Every single home I went into among my Navajo friends, there was one thing. Every single home had this. Soon as you walked through the front door, whatever prominent wall in the house was the most easily seen by a visitor, on that wall was displayed pictures of sons or daughters or members of that family who had served in the American military. The Navajo are a proud nation, and they're proud of their military service, and they, they love to display that value, and they display it on the walls of their home, and it goes back to the Navajo code talkers of World War II. That is a value to the Navajo people, so they put it on display because their hearts are proud, their home will display that value. When we have been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, our home is going to look like us. It is the place we live our lives, and we get the opportunity to invite other people into our homes so we can give a witness to why Jesus has changed us. That is what the home is meant for. It's not just where you sleep and eat. 
It's where you invite lost people in to see the gospel at work. It's where you disciple your children. It's where you have spiritual conversations about the things in life that really matter. And one of the things I love about this scripture, specifically the story of Lydia, is simply this. Her first witness was to her own house. Her first witness, the first place that she went after she hears the gospel and believes it is back to her home. She took responsibility for her own family. And I want to speak right now, you know, because we got, hey, different age groups, different brackets of people, right? Singles and college students, high school students, moms and dads, retirees, empty nesters. But moms, I'm going to tell you right now, your first witness, your first ministry is to your kids and your husband. Children, your first witness, your first ministry is to your mom and your dad. And husbands, I want to speak to you right now. If you're a dad, can I speak to you for, as one dad to another? It's time for the men at New Spring Church to take the gospel seriously. Dads, can I ask you a question? How much time do you spend praying with your kids? How much time do you spend reading scripture either with your children or in front of your family? Dad, do you tithe? Do you tithe to this church? Do you give to the ministry of this church? Dad, I'm just asking you because you know what? I'm not going to talk to you like you're a little boy. You're a grown-up man. I'm a grown-up man, so I'm going to talk to you like a grown-up man. It is a lot easier for men to sit back in the stands and criticize what's going on in the game. But real men get in the game, roll up their sleeves, break a sweat, and get to work. I'm calling on the men of New Spring Church to practice the spirit and the example of Lydia. Make your home your first ministry. It's where you bear witness. Because look, as, as a pastor, if I succeed in every single box to check off as a successful minister, but I fail my wife and my kids, I fail. Dads, we want more for you. You can do it. You can disciple your family. You can lead your wife and your children. You can be tender and compassionate and kind and gentle and yet firm and committed to being a witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dad, how about you be the one in your home that says after this sermon, hey guys, who can we invite over this week for a cookout? Who can we bring over? Who do you know, son, daughter, that you go to school with that isn't a Christian? Could we invite their friends over? Could we invite their family to sit at our table? and eat a meal. And here's why I believe that's important, because I believe we need to change our perspective on the way we see our homes. It's not just a place we go after work. Let's see our homes as the primary place for evangelism and discipleship. Let's see our homes as the primary place. Church is important. Sundays are important, but Sundays cannot be the only time you hear the gospel Fuse cannot be the only time your children are discipled. Kids Spring is the greatest child's, children's ministry in America. I believe that with all my heart. But it is not our Kids Spring staff's job to disciple your kids. We are secondary. Mom, dad, you are primary. I'm saying this, I'm primary because I'm a dad myself. So let's change our perspective and let's from here forward see our homes as the primary place of evangelism, and discipleship. Hey, there's one more thing I want to say to you uh, before I finish this message, and it's found in Acts chapter 16, verse 40. Lydia is a woman who meets Jesus, and Jesus changes her, and her home is opened up to the disciples. The disciples are later arrested in Philippi. They're put into jail, 
And after they get out of jail through some pretty miraculous circumstances, after they are released from prison, do you know the first place they go? Let me read it to you. Acts chapter 16, verse 40. Here's what it says. After leaving the jail, they came to Lydia's house where they saw and encouraged the brothers and sisters and they departed. They went to Lydia's home because they knew that was a safe place. They went back to Lydia's house because they knew it was a place they could find a trusted friend. What if your home and my home was a place where people could feel safe before they found salvation? I want our house to be a place where people feel hope and where they feel peace and where they feel safe. And if people could feel safe in our homes, they will find salvation in our homes. Remember, visibly and verbally, we bear witness. They see Jesus in our homes. They feel the Holy Spirit at our kitchen tables. And eventually, they find salvation right there in our homes. Oh, and can I just leave you with a, with a parting thought before we sing? The days of the Big C Church thinking that the pastor preaching a really good message is gonna be the only way people get saved are done. They're over. Will we still preach and give invitations? Of course we will. But imagine what would happen if every single home in our church was activated to be a house of witness where you are aggressively, continuously, consistently looking for ways to get people in the door, at the table, sitting around the living room, and we just didn't depend on Sundays to be the only time we really played ball. We're playing ball every single day. We have opportunities in front of us every single day. You want to know where your mission field is? Look around. Wherever you're standing, that's your mission. And your home is where you will spend most of your time throughout the course of your life. That kingdom outpost, that embassy for heaven, is the place where we believe we are going to see Jesus save and change people. That's my prayer for you. And I want to impart that to you, church, as one of your pastors, but also just as a brother in Christ. Moving forward from this season that we're in, we have felt the Spirit change us. He's blowing the wind into our sails. And we're going to do Sundays, and we're going to do Sundays well. But we're not going to settle for Sundays only. We will use our homes as the primary place of witness. Evangelism, discipleship, spiritual growth, they will happen in our homes. Because when God opens our hearts, we open our house. I want to pray for you. Lord, right now, I pray that the words you have given us today would fall on hearts that are willing to obey and ears that are ready to listen. Lord, convict me. Convict us. Convict us for the sake of making us better so that we can see ourselves as missionaries, our homes as embassies of the good news of Jesus Christ and help us to have a burden for those who need a safe place to come so they can find the grace of God they so desperately need. In Jesus' name. Let's sing and let's worship. And while we're singing, let's listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit tell us what to do next.